I was really ignoring a lot of the huge signs that were coming in telling me that I was off track, that I was not on course for my truth. Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis. Terrified of spending my life that way, I turned within and surrendered to miracles. My struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business, living and thriving in my purpose. Now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up, my gorgeous friend? I am so thrilled to have you here today. You are in for an interesting, fascinating episode. Now, this woman I'm bringing on today, she is known as the rock star shaman. Don't worry, she explains it in the episode. She is Allison Charles, and this woman, I didn't even know everything that she was up to in the world. I mean, she has been featured in Forbes, Marie Claire, uh, Oprah Magazine. She is doing so many powerful and potent things. But it's interesting how I found her. And that's what we talk about today. I found her as I was spending a day just binging on podcasts about intimacy and sex and all kinds of things. And I found her episode with her partner and she shared that she was five years celibate so five years without sex and it spoke to me and it spoke to me because I am currently choosing to be celibate to clear my womb clear my energy clear my mind and my field for my partner and in that journey it can be challenging at times because there are times where you question things, where you wonder, where I have wondered, is this the right choice? Because let's be real, I love sex. It's amazing. Who doesn't love it? But I also value that sex, that sacred energy exchange with someone who can meet me where I'm at. And in the container of a relationship, that has depth and commitment and that feels safe in all the juicy ways. So the day that I found Allison on this podcast, I was listening to an episode about energy, the nervous system and sex. And then I found her partner and that is Luke's story. And I found his episode that he has with her and they both shared how they were you know they joined up and how they entered into the sacred union they have now but I'll tell you that it came at a time in a day that I just knew it was a message for me and it was like stay on the path honor the path stay on the path and it was amazing so after that I reached out to Allison and I was like I would love to have you on my show so we talk about that but we also talk about what it means to be a shaman. We also talk about the work that Allison does in the world and how she uses the animal spirit guides and the medicine that each one of those animals brings. So she talks about that and you're gonna be into this. You're gonna be fascinated. We have links down below in the show notes. You can check her out. If this episode speaks to you, whether you are someone that's considering going celibate or just clearing your field and making space for a more conscious uh, dynamic when it comes to sex or whether you are someone that's like, I want to go on a journey and learn more about myself and how I resonate with these animal guides. 
anything like that, please do tag Allison and myself because of course I love to see which one of my guests that you love so I know who to bring on. But I just absolutely know without a doubt this is going to be interesting. And I also invite you to share it with at least one person who you know may need this. Maybe it's someone that's going through a very troubling breakup. We touch on that. Someone that's going through a spiritual awakening. Someone that's looking for guidance. Someone that's looking for you know, support. We all need guidance and support. I feel like these are one of those messages that the right person hears it and it's like medicine for them. And I know that's what it was like for for me listening to Allison and her partner, Luke. It was like, you know, I was like, this message is for me right now. I meant to hear this message and it was beautiful. It was, it was awesome. So enjoy this episode. And before I send you off to listen, I want to remind you of what we have below we have the link to spend the weekend with me and my friends as we gather up here to deliver the virtual weekend experience of Harmonious Hustle. So if you are someone that is desiring to deepen into alignment, to spend time in community, to connect with new teachers and guides and do things that get you out of your comfort zone, this is it. We have Annabelle bringing the art of feminine pleasure that is going to be a really beautiful dive into the body and exploring pleasure. We have some Shakti rising, some body movement. We have tapping for prosperity to clear any dense and heavy emotion around your finances so that you can amplify and open up to receive more. And then we have my good friend Marie Claire coming to share how she journeyed from being a very young mom who had a special needs child and really working her in her lifetime with her son and all of the challenges and the strengths that being a young mother brings to building a now multi-million dollar company and doing all of that as a woman of color. I mean, there's so many nuggets and wisdom and um, just more medicine that's going to be offered on that weekend. And it's only 197 right now. So I want to invite you to join us. The link is below. And other than that, Open your heart, open your mind, open your ears, and enjoy today's show. All right, Allison, thank you so much for joining. I have been waiting for this episode ever since I reached out to you about my three-hour binge (laughs) on on the podcast that I discovered you uh, on, so thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Yes. Always been uh, loving your energy. So I, I jumped at the invitation. I can't wait to dive into everything. Yeah. So tell me, I want to, I have brought on one other shaman onto the show, my friend who's a wound shaman. But mm-hmm. when I read Rockstar Shaman and you've been mentioned in Forbes, right? That was one of your you were, you've been featured a lot. Like you have a lot of attention. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm curious, where does this rock star shaman name come from? Like fill us in on that. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm actually glad you asked this because uh, not too many people have full full clarity on it. Uh, The name was actually very much downloaded into me not long after I had my spiritual awakening and divine intervention day, which was a very uh, cataclysmic, um, simultaneous miracle with the deepest anguish I've ever felt kind of experience. And after that day where my life really changed, uh, I surrendered and devoted myself to the path of healing. And once I changed my entire life trajectory over to that spiritual path, I started to receive all of these different clear guidances. And the first gift of mine that turned on the day of my divine intervention was my audience gift. And so I received the download that I was to use the name Rockstar Shaman. And even though I was newer on the path, I full well understood that that name was a very, very bold, uh, different kind of name, and it was not one to be taken lightly. So I actually did a shamanic journey to consult with my main love and light guide, who happens to be Ascended Master Jesus, to confirm, you know, is is this ego-based? Like, what what is this all about? And it was very emphatic that this is my shamanic calling and this is why I am here is to deliver medicine in this unique way that I'm here to deliver it. And so the name Rock Star Shaman really embodies two different 
main aspects of my medicine. And one is that I primarily work with the energies and medicines and messages directly from rock, Great Mother Earth, Gaia, and then also directly up to star, source, consciousness field where Great Spirit is. Well, Great Spirit's everywhere, but up to Great Spirit. So the name Rock Star Shaman talks about the medicines uh, from which I work from and, and learn from and, and work with. But then the other side of it is, you know, before my awakening, I was a hip hop radio host and a TV talk show host. And I, you know, have been a public figure and in the public eye, honestly, since the day I was born. And so there is that other smaller essence to it that I am a shaman that's here to uh, share about shamanism and consciousness energies with the masses and with the mainstream. So that's, that's the, that's the story of the name. <laughs> I love that. But you know, I'm seeing this and I'm feeling it and it feels really good where there's like more of a modern twist, a modern energy that's coming into some of these like healers, light workers, medicine women. And I feel like it's needed right now because it's kind of attracting in people in a new way. Um, at least that's what I'm seeing out there. But when I see Rockstar, I didn't put it together like rock or <laughs> I was just mm -hmm. like, Rockstar, this feels really badass. And I feel like that energy fits if I'm like just scrolling your Instagram and, and feeling you out. So I, I loved it. But I was just curious, like where it actually came from. Yeah, yeah, no, there, yeah, there's definitely a much deeper backstory to it. And, and I'll just wrap this little nugget by saying, you know, <laughs> I, I love that it embodies, I mean, it's vital if we want to be an embodiment of our whole divine power and understand our purpose here, that we are just as anchored and grounded and in a reverent understanding of Great Mother Earth's messages and teachings just as much as we may want to ping up into the ethers and swim with the cosmos, you know, so it's, it's very mm -hmm. vital that we have that rock and star balance. I feel that. And that feels good. And also like with the people that are on this rock, <laughs> like the human aspect of those things. Um, I would say that's one of the things I got from listening to you all. And just, this is what I really love in a spiritual teacher, guide, mentor, is when someone can be really grounded in like what's happening here on the planet and understand it and witness it, but also like do work with spirit and, and the healing aspects of things and not just bypass and try to switch off of it. Um, so tell us a little bit about if, cause I'm sure somebody's already clicking on your link and looking you up when it says work with spirit guides, what is your work with, with the animals, spirit animals? Um, tell us about how that kind of plays into the work that you do. Sure. Yes. Working with the spirits of animals is something that entered in right after my awakening. My aunt, who also is a shaman, uh, you know, after my awakening, it was a very life-changing experience. And I, at times, didn't really know up from down. And it was very intense to be going through those initial uh, shamanic initiation periods and spiritual fires, especially not having you know, any sort of navigational tools for those types of intense processes. So my aunt did a soul retrieval journey, uh, you know, to just sort of help me integrate this newness that was being uh, awakened inside of me. And that is when my core power animal revealed who it happens to be the Black Panther. And then not mm. long after that, there were three other animals that came in to really guide and empower me through that initial awakening phase. And that was the deer, the bear, and the frog. And as I'm sure you probably know, each animal uh, really represents and embodies different healing properties and medicinal attributes and medicinal transmissions. And so my relationship with them got very, very strong right out of the gate, because honestly, looking back, I don't know what I would have done without their support, because the frog gave me certain things, the bear gave me certain things, the deer gave me certain things, like the deer, even though my awakening came from extreme betrayal and anguishing heartbreak, 
the deer reminded me to keep my heart soft and to keep my heart open and to not close my heart gateway down. And the frog helped me to navigate through all the emotional waters because those were the most extreme emotions I had ever experienced in my life. And then the bear was that grounding, powerful support. There were so many meditations and journeys where the bear would reveal and tell me to just, like he would sit behind me and I would lean my back against his stomach area and just let myself surrender back and be held and let go and learn what it feels like to be supported by my guides and be supported by the unseen realms. So my relationship with the power animal world got stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper to the place where they began to ask me to be a main voice for them. So I started doing live power animal readings where I would channel the messages. Um, Pop Sugar last year did this huge event with like 15,000 people and they had me uh, you know, go on stage and, and share about shamanism. And I called different people on stage to do live power animal readings for them. And then it shifted into this most recent um, phase of our incredible honoring voyage together where I had already signed with my literary agents and was working on a book proposal. And when I headed to Bali, um, I don't know, about a year and some change ago, I knew something big was going to happen. And the power animals came to me and said, this book, it's a great idea and all, but you need to shelve that. And we are to work together on a book. And so, yeah, so (laughs) I emailed, I know I emailed my agents and said, I really hope you guys are on board because as you know, I live by the calls and this call came in and I'd have to honor it. So thank God my agents and everyone were on board to completely switch the entire book. And so uh, next year, my power animals book and card deck will be out. Out. I'm finishing writing it this week. So you're Amazing. catching me. Yeah, powerful time. It's just been, I just want to give thanks, you know, out loud and in this interview to the spirits of the animals and the power animal world for trusting me and working with me in such deep ways. Um, and I'm excited that the book and card deck are this collaborative effort with me with them, you know. I love that. And I love that there's the cards. So people are going to read and they're going to learn, but then they're going to want to pull the cards and work with that, with that wisdom. So that's so powerful. You know, I really don't know much about working with the animals in that sense. Mm. Um, So I find this very fascinating. Now I'm like, okay, I want to learn more about it. Um, Because obviously, like I've heard of spirit guides and you hear some things, but I've never been really called into that. Um, But I find it really interesting listening to you and hearing about the different medicine of the deer and just thinking of what the different medicines would be. So that is very, it's very fascinating, but it's so beautiful. I mean, we're all here together doing, doing life together. And um, I'm yes. curious now. Yes. No, I'm so glad that you said that exact point because that is, you know, there's so many different aspects um, that I'm excited to share about in the book and the card deck just to help some people return to some ancient truths and remembrances. And you hit on one of them. And that is the fact that the animals, the the creatures of this planet, that they are brothers and sisters, just as you know, they're our brothers and sisters, just as we are their brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and they are our teachers. And you know, th- somewhere along the way, you know, throughout the millions of years of this planet being in existence, um, especially since humans were a part of the equation as well, you know, we've just gotten so many cultures, especially over here in the U.S., we've just gotten so disconnected from these uh, wisdom truths and and the fact that we can look to when animals present themselves to us to take a pause, to thank them for revealing, to thank them for coming coming in, to the, for them to spend their time and energy to reveal to us, to, to try to get our attention, to say, hey, if you take a minute here, I'm trying to share something with you that will empower your life and support you with where you're at. And then if we do the research and head to my book or head to the card deck or meditate and call that animal forward to ask why they presented. There's always something invaluable there. I love that. You know, this actually is bringing back, there's a part in um, Seed of Your Soul, Gary Zukov talks about 
different consciousness. And for some reason, he brings up the dolphin consciousness. Mm. And he says, like, what the dolphin consciousness is a very specific consciousness and that we can tune into it for different things. And right now it's grieving. And I just found it so profound. <laughs> like when he was speaking about that part, and I kind of forgot about it until you bring this up. So, yeah, you definitely sparked something in me. And I'm sure some ladies listening are going to be curious. Now, one thing I get questions on, and I'm hearing you speaking about your awakening, mm. and I feel like every everybody's is unique and all of that, but because I get so many questions about how will I know if I'm having an awakening? How will it feel? And for <laughs> me, you know, obviously awakening was very layered, but I had a very specific message that came through. And in that moment, it just like shook me into deeper questioning and living and all that. Um, for you, what was it? Was it, I, I know you mentioned it was pain, but was there a moment where you were just like, I, you know, there's a shift or was there uh, like a, a something you heard? What was your experience like for the awakening that you're referencing? Yes. So I have had uh, at this point, countless awakenings, but that initial one, yes, it was a one moment in time where my entire consciousness and life changed and i'll whittle it down just for time purposes and um you know i I share the full story but i i feel i can just give the nugget here it was i was in a previous very long-term karmic relationship that was very riddled with abusive tendencies and dysfunction and and addiction aspects more um, on the other person's side. I, of course, take responsibility for the codependency and the rescuer archetypes and all those things that I needed to acknowledge um, that were operating in shadow for me. But this long-term karmic relationship, we got stuck in this cycle of insanity and it was so suffrage filled that I was really ignoring a lot of the huge signs that were coming in, telling me that I was off track, that I was not on course for my truth. And there were so many different examples of that, but my body intelligence was one of them. I was suffering from extreme panic attacks and autoimmune disorders and Yet I was not heeding those initial messages, which is why my awakening culminated to this very intense experience where, uh, again, long story short, he and I had called off the engagement. The relationship had seemingly ended. I moved to New York City on my own. And then many months later, he resurfaced, seeming to have some, um, you know, some awakenings of his own. And while I didn't want to jump back into it uh, and was taking things gradually, on this day, we were going to venture back out publicly together for the first time. And that's when all of my guides and great spirit all really blew the whistle and got all my uh, unseen realm community together to stop this from happening. And I went out to the living room to tell him just a couple minutes and we can leave. He was asleep. I didn't want to wake him up. And as I walked back through my bedroom, that's when they turned my clairaudient gift on. And I heard Mm. spirit speak to me and tell me to stop and turn around. And the second that I stopped and turned, my eyes landed directly on his phone on my bookshelf and this force changed, the energy changed in the room, the the force and energy all around me changed and shifted. And I felt that same force and energy move with me over to the phone. And like automatic spirit writing, I did not know the uh, code to his phone, but I popped four numbers in and it opened. And this was, you know, in, in modern times, this, this experience in that phone was representative of the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Mm-hmm. So that phone was that shamanic cave that I was so terrified for almost two decades to enter into. And yet it was time and I was so lovingly forced and thrust into that cave. And that's where I saw the proof, very, very graphic evidential proof of of all the betrayal and things that were going on. And that's what that was what I needed to shake me out of the illusion and all the ignoring and the denial that I had been stuck in for almost, you know, 20 years. So, uh, 
Yeah, so that's how mine happened. Um, and the last little thing that I'll share, you know, obviously I told him to leave and never come back in that relationship, you know, and that karmic cycle was sealed and closed um, from that point on. But then what I decided to do after that and seeing the truth of me, him, the relationship, life, like my consciousness, the, the, thir- the veil over my third eye got lifted, right? So not only did I see the truth of, of what had been occurring in the relationship, my, everything was was different to me and so i then had a surrender moment where i spoke to great mother and great spirit and said you know i clearly don't know what i'm doing uh, you know i put my hands up and i and i asked them to show me the way and where i give myself credit is from that moment on i have heeded every call that they have sent my way mm. um and that's that's how i've you know shifted onto the spiritual path and and that's how i've been living my life for the last many years so mine was very pronounced um it was a one moment in time that marked the unawakened Allison to the awakened Allison. I love that. And I I love that you shared about your body wisdom and the anxiety. That was part of my journey. And I think it's so important because, you know, the general consensus is, okay, you have anxiety, you have something wrong, or you're having panic, take medicine or do Mm -hmm. this or do that. But like our body is telling us ladies, (laughs) when something is off, our body knows. And it's just so interesting. I remember living for for my whole life until I was like 27, just living in that space of dealing with anxiety and all those feelings like that is just normal. And now I know when something's off, like it's so like, it's so clear. So thank you for sharing that. And what this leaving that relationship and talking about what brought you to the awakening brings us into why I reached out to you. And I remember holding my phone and thinking about reaching out to you. And I was like, maybe I should wait till the morning. So she doesn't think I'm a total weirdo <laughs> at one thirty in the morning. Like I just listened to your three hour podcast episode. Um, but I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to keep it real. And um, just to give everyone context, I was listening on like a podcast binge. I probably do it like two or three times a month where I'm just like doing things. I'm in the car and I was listening to stuff and I was listening to a John Wineland podcast. First time I ever heard of him, first time I listened to him, go to his website, look at some of his other stuff, and I find Luke's story, go to his stuff, look at it, and I see the episode with you and Luke, (laughs) and I see that it's three hours, and I'm just like, (laughs) what the hell, I'm not listening to this, (laughs) but I'll just listen for a little bit while I finish up in the kitchen, (laughs) and I finish, I mean, I listen to it, and I probably listen to like an hour and a half, and I'm like, okay, I gotta like do some stuff. And then I'm like, all right, finished up for the night, doing nothing, sitting on the sofa, I go back to the podcast and listen. But it was literally like, it was such confirmation for me. It's like, when we talk about signs, it was a sign I was looking for and didn't know I was looking for because I have been on this journey where I've been single and I'm like, I'm waiting for my match. I'm waiting for my king. And I get a lot of pressure, just like, you know, even my 14 year old daughter, she's like, needing more men than I am. <laughs> like I'm just, you know, I'm just doing what I what I feel called to do and honoring where I feel called to be. But for those three weeks before I heard that podcast, I was in this place of questioning, like I'm 38. Should I be trying to have more sex? Should I be being more like putting more effort into dating? Like, is there something wrong with me? Like I was allowing that to bubble up. And when I heard the podcast with you and Luke, and just sharing your story, what we'll get into. But when you two were speaking so authentically and sharing about kind of the thought process where you both were and where you both questioned, like, well, maybe relationships aren't what is meant for me. I was like, that's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? It's so anyway, it was very medicinal and so much of a sign for me. And I love to hear your story as a woman that I see as powerful and beautiful and doing amazing work in the world and just sharing your journey. It was very, um, it was very beautiful for me to hear. And it also is one of those reminders of like why we have to share our stories and why I wanted to share this with my community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I'm so glad you uh, rode the three hour wave with Luke and I thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was so funny when you messaged and you were like, you said that you're like, I saw it was three hours and then fast forward three hours later, here I am. I went ahead and listened. Um, 
But uh, yeah, he and I did not know. Uh, and to give a little more context, yes, Luke and I are together in sacred partnership, live together and, and so deeply and reverently and love, but that was definitely not always the case. Um, so I will share that after, yes, after that initial awakening that I uh, just talked about, um, you know, I was really in a lot of anguish and a lot of pain and a lot of confusion, right? Because I wasn't the person that I thought I was. And, you know, I, I grew up, my family owned fitness centers, and I was a two-time national champion distance runner. And I, you know, scholarship to run at the University of Alabama, and I was team captain. And afterwards, I was a division one college coach and advanced certified personal trainer. And I was on TV as a wellness expert. I say all that because when I had my awakening, I, it was a, it was a rude awakening. in the other aspect that I was like, Oh my God, I'm not who I thought I was. And I'm not as well as I thought I was. And so I really saw that I just had so much more inner work and so much more of an inner journey to go down. And what started to reveal as I completely devoted to the hero's journey and the shamanic and spiritual path was that I had really severely allowed my physical body to be dishonored that entire previous relationship. Mm. And um, that was a really tough pill to swallow, you know, to really take full responsibility for that. Um, and you know, you, you, you see these aspects about yourself when your soul is, is ready to, because a lot of these shadow aspects can be really jarring and really scary. And, um, and that's why a lot of the shadow aspects kind of stay, you, uh, you know, those traumas kind of stay lodged and stuck because, um, we hold shame or embarrassment around them, but this is the integral key, the vital key in stepping into our true divinity and our true power and getting aligned with the path of infinite miracles, it's finally bringing those shadow aspects that we've been shoving to the back out of fear or embarrassment and bringing them to the front and getting to know them like a, like a respected friend, talking to them. And I just started to see, I started to learn where some of those patterns, like why and how did I let my body be that dishonored, you know, um, and, and where did that come from? You know, what is the root of that? And just tracking those patterns back and just doing such deep, oftentimes very anguishing healing work for many, many years, um, a lot of intense shadow work. And in those extractions and revelations and in those really deep um, processes, I just became more and more liberated and also started to drop into deeper and deeper um, true divine self-love, true divine self-honor, true divine self-worth. And those are just keys. Those aren't cliches. Those are absolute keys to become an embodiment with if you want your external reality to reflect um, the highest potentials for you to, to live and experience. And that includes if you're calling in and if you do want a relationship. So it took, you know, a lot of years of, and I chose to be celibate. At first, you know, I will be honest, um, I think for about the first year and year and a half of my celibacy, it was probably out of an unconscious protective mechanism, right? Because I had been so hurt um, in that previous relationship that I think I was just like, well, if you aren't around men and don't engage physically with men, hopefully that type of anguish, um, horrific anguish won't happen again, right? But then, you know, during that year, year and a half of that initial celibate phase, that's when I was, you know, healing, healing and holding, holding, holding. And then it pivoted and the, the celibacy transitioned into something um, much bigger and much more conscious where I had really grown to realize my vessel, my physical body is this sacred, highest potent vibrational sacred container that... Um, you know, if someone is not, if someone is not able to truly see me as a soul and to truly honor me as a shaman, as a goddess, as a queen, um, 
if they can't see me on that level and if they aren't operating on a similar high vibrational level, I cannot allow myself to physically engage with that person. Mm. So, you know, I'll, I'll take a breath here in a second and, and, and let you talk, but I'll just, you know, it it ended (laughs) up, it ended up going on, you know, I was celibate for almost five straight years and, um, you know, I definitely reached a point. I, for some of those years, I wanted to be single and focus on myself and become a truly sovereign, whole, embodied woman. And then there was later on in the phase, I thought, okay, you know, I do want to become a mother if that is, you know, God, goddess's will with me for me. Um, and at that time, I was probably about 39. And I thought, gosh, you know, I need to, I I am also in a human body, right? And if I want to be a mom, I need to start to think about things differently. So I started to open open myself up to the possibility of dating. Yet at this point in my journey, I am, I I know fully who I am and I've done so many years of healing work that I, my body literally would not even let me have someone touch me or be physical with me if they were a lower vibration. And I started, I could just laser through. I could tell very, very quickly, very, very fast. I am committed to truth at this point in my life, right? So by being committed to seeing truth always, no matter how uncomfortable or painful that might be, I was able to see through the lens very quickly of, is this person someone who can truly honor me or not? So I was able to just keep it moving through the dating process. And I just, stayed celibate, you know, and um, yeah, I really got to a point where I surrendered and I thought, you know what, I maybe relationships, it's not in the cards for me this lifetime. It's been a tough road for me and I'm so happy with who I am and I'm so happy with myself uh, that I, I can live a really rich, full life alone. And I just said, you know what, great spirit, great mother earth. If that is what is meant for me, I accept that path. And of course, you know, not long after that surrender, I then, um, something else very, uh, miraculous started to happen between Luke and I. (laughs) So Luke, and just to bring this up, uh, just so people understand, Luke and you and Luke were friends before because that's what you explained in the podcast. You were friends and then you reconnected and then that blossomed, which I thought was really beautiful because meanwhile, you two were looking like, you know, just open, you know, is this going to happen? Is it not? Is there a love out there for me? Will I be alone? And meanwhile, he was, he was always in your life just (laughs) at a different capacity. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It was so funny. That's one of the funniest things for us to in hindsight look back on because um, yeah, we were friends for like three, three and a half years and you know um, yeah. I mean, the first time we ever met, I was on his show, uh, his podcast, the lifestylist and we had, we both had very profound experiences. He cried for the first time on his own show. He had such a heart opening sharing space with me and I, was having some really beautiful energetic um, experiences, being able to um, hold space for and be witness to a man who was deep enough on his own inner self path that he could uh, be vulnerable and be that in touch with the depths of his emotions and the way that he was. So it was this really um, profound experience that we were both having, however, he was celibate at the time. I was celibate at the time and it was not time for us to come together in that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of the the story is important or, or would be of service for me to share, but yeah, three, about three and a half years into us knowing each other. And I would always tell him I loved him. I always felt a very deep connection to him and love for him. But because we were not looking at each other in that way, I I looked at him as like my brother, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, when he told me, I don't know how many months ago it it was at this point, but when he shared with me uh, finally that he had always had a different kind of attraction and interest in me and wondered wanted to know if I knew that um, when that revelatory day happened um, we by him being open and vulnerable again that moved us into a different current right a different river energetically and we allowed 
God and goddess and um, medicines, even even sacred grandfather medicine, peyote played a huge role. And we really allowed these most potent, powerful um, forces around us to bring us together in the way that we are now. I think that's so beautiful. And I remember in the story, um, I, one thing I love, and I want to share this for the women, is that even though Luke expressed his interest and you all were going on this journey and we're, you know, kind of uh, becoming closer and spending time together that you still had to call him into rising into the relationship, just into more of a commitment. And um, we can drop that episode in the show notes so everyone can hear if anyone's curious, because by now they're probably like, okay, I need to know the whole story. (laughs) But I find that so beautiful because even in that moment where Luke was preparing himself too, which is really beautiful, he was being celibate he was, you know, minding his energy and preparing himself. You were doing the same. But even when this beautiful match comes, there are these moments where we as women have to sometimes call the men to rise and to step into the commitment or to step in and to show that you're here for this. And he did. But I just thought that was so beautiful. I was listening and I was like, oh my gosh, I just love this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, speak on that a little bit. Definitely. Um, And that's a really beautiful dynamic that I'll share in sacred space here that I've observed about he and I is that Luke tends to open things for us energetically. And then I tend to lift and rise things energetically for us. Mm -hmm. So it's this really cool energetic rhythm that I've seen this, these energetic currents I've seen time and time again with he and I is he'll, he'll open a door that I didn't know existed. And then I step into the door. Then when I'm in the door, I feel those energies in there and I'm like, Oh, okay. I get what this is. Let me lift it up and then we'll go up. And then, you know, it's been been super cool. So uh, I will give him credit for after he had expressed interest in me and um, we had hung out in this like new possible uh, territory, um, you know, we were not physical for uh, quite a long time. And I flew back to New York because that's where I was living at the time. And I just checked in on him to see when he was going to sit in, in sacred ceremony with grandfather medicine because the medicine entered in and and brought Luke into the medicine without me doing anything. Uh, Peyote is the um, medicine that is most reverent and sacred to my life path so far. And he knew that, but the medicine looped him into my shamanic teacher's he didn't remember their names and didn't know who I sat with, but there's a whole wild story how he got invited to ceremony by my, <laughs> with my uh, facilitators of that medicine. And um, when I asked him, when is that ceremony going to be so I can hold space? He said, why do you want to come? And I hadn't honestly even thought about it, even though it was my shamanic community and my shamanic soul family, I was just truly going to hold space for him on the East coast. And by him opening that door of possibility, I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, I do actually want to come. So even though I just landed back in Brooklyn, I got another ticket. And I think it was the next day or the day after I was back on a plane and flying back across the country to continue exploring things with him. And then, yeah, yeah. And so it was really, um, you know, one of, if not our first major official first dates was going out into the desert together and sitting in sacred ceremony together. And it was during that time in uh, a back-to-back two-night immersion with this sacred medicine and, and grand fire out in the sacred lands in the desert, the medicine showed me three specific things. It was the morning after ceremony and I I was sitting in the uh, hot tub of our Airbnb outside by myself, disintegrating, you know, continuing to assimilate from the previous night. And the medicine came to me and specifically showed and said to me, you need to ask him about this, this, and this. Mm. They were uncomfortable pieces um, to bring up. Yet I knew I needed to honor what the medicine was conveying. So when we were in the bedroom, you know, I, I brought it up and uh, I, I knew, um, 
not fully, but I could sense, you know, this was going to really reveal a lot because in these kinds of conversations, it shows how much work someone has done. When someone's bringing up something that can evoke ego or defensiveness, it's like, are they going to lean in or run? You know, are right. they going to be able to handle these kinds? Because I had to have, it was a non-negotiable. I have to have someone who can wade in the most uncomfortable conversational waters. If one of us feels like something, a, a nugget or a piece has to be extracted and talked about, no matter how ugly or uncomfortable, if the one person feels it needs to be discussed, the, the two people have to be able to be in those waters. And hmm. he, you know, I pointed out those three things that the medicine showed me. And not only did he, you know, stay open to what I was sharing, he literally leaned in like across my body, like rather than getting up off the bed, leaving the room saying, I need some space or what are you talking about? Rather than doing that, he leaned across my body and put his hand on my heart and was already reflecting like the true beautiful king that he is that this would most this was probably a very hard thing for me to bring up so how mm. incredible that i'm pointing out things about him right and he's just like oh my gosh yeah. i so honor you and tending to my heart saying i'm like how brave of you to bring this up and um, yeah, you know, it was really in me pointing some things out that I really felt called needed to be uh, discussed that it was in that exact alchemy that we became a couple by me um, not being afraid of discomfort and by me not being afraid of you know, because I knew this, this, this man is either going to see me fully or not, right? And mm -hmm. I, at that point in my life, was no longer afraid of losing someone because I'm in my truth, right? right. And so, yeah, it was this incredible alchemical love explosion that happened by me holding my power and my truth in entirety and fullness and then him holding his power and his truth and entirety and fullness and by us meeting each other in these ways that neither one of us had ever been able to be met before that erupted into us becoming a couple in that exact moment that's so beautiful i i think it's it's beautiful but it also just when i hear that i think well i find that on a dating app and that's probably why i don't like them <laughs> because it's like uh, the level of work that both of you had to do yes. on yourselves to be able to sit with each other, to do the medicine together, to be with each other in that level of discomfort and to just hold space and come even closer together is just such a powerful testament. I love it. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, I, to your uh, dating app point, I, I will just quickly say that. So I, I used to, even though a lot of my friends uh, met some people, I used to be very against them. Back when I was a talk show host and we had dating segments, I was the host they would put on those to be like the naysayer, right? I was like, it's like online shopping for humans. I just felt energetically really put off by it. However, when I began to open myself up to dating, I, you know, at this point I'm, I'm already understanding I'm a shaman. I'm deeply devoted to my spiritual calling. I, I was not, I'm not a person anymore that goes out to bars and clubs. And, um, I tend to be, uh, somewhat, you know, isolated at home, just writing my books and doing, doing the things I do. So I thought, how am I going to meet someone? So I actually did some healing, very deep healing work around my old narratives around dating apps. And after I did that healing work, I got on some dating apps and I'm really glad that I did because it at least for me, of course, everyone has their own path and alchemy, but for me, it got the energetics moving. It, it, it got, mm -hmm. it got me um, exploring those territories and those waters. And, and the, the few, I think I went on, I don't know, maybe like three or four dates and, you know, none of them were, were, 
uh, obviously a match. However, I learned so much about myself and I just could feel, I, I, I could tell there was this voice saying, I'm not sure I'm going to meet him on here, but there's something vital that's happening by me doing this. So that's just, I don't know, last little nugget I want to share in about just when we're on our paths, a lot of the guidance and information that comes in, it's not much ever going to make a lot of logical sense. It's a matter of this guidance is coming in and I can feel I'm being pulled over into doing this. I don't really know why, but I'm going to listen. And I just, I think that, I don't know, in some way, it, it just was that last phase of preparedness because I'm just remembering, and this is not a long story, but I'm remembering one of those dates that I went on. He was really a quite a master teacher for me because he represented the old paradigm for me. And mm. I remember now that, through him, you know, and, and, and this is not a negative judgment. It's just by, by where he is within his own emotional body and his just where he is at within himself right now, that was representative of old paradigm patterns and anguishing paths for me. Right. And I hit up against our true, uh, popping through of a portal by going on a couple of dates with him because I really had to reckon with cutting that final addictive cord that I had to that kind of trauma bonding or that kind of known relational path that had been so freaking deeply ingrained with me since childhood, right? And by dating him, I had to come to a reckoning medicinally, energetically within my own being. And I had to really, I had to phone a friend on that one and stay strong, like crossing through that portal and collapsing that old timeline and shutting that old paradigm portal down. I, it was a whole weekend energetic process where I truly then entered into a new paradigm for me. And it was not long after that, that Luke and I aligned. So I'm just saying, you know, uh, even though you may not find your person on there, for me, it was, it was, it was that last vital phase in order for me to meet my true match. Yeah. So, and in other words, it's like, go where you're guided. If you're guided to go, go and explore. Cause I can see how you experiencing that, which you just described, just cleared that out and allowed you to, to just see yourself differently. I actually was called on to, to go onto the dating apps. I think it was, it was like in April and I did, and I had a, I was talking to a few guys and they were nice. It was very time consuming for me as a single mom and then having my business. But there was one guy I actually liked and I was like, Oh my God, we had great time on the phone. But then I realized I was just like, I'm not feeling like I just knew, I just trust mm -hmm. when I feel things. And I had that, I was really honest with him. And I, the way he responded, I was just like, okay, he's not doing the work because yeah. he, he just couldn't take and understand that I'm just trusting what I feel and that's where I'm going. So it was very, you know, we gain wisdom from everything. And that's why I say, if I'm called to it again, I will go. Um, the interesting thing was that I have these little feelings of like checking in. It's almost like, is if I get worried and I'm just like, okay, am I trusting or am I holding myself back in some way? And I think that's right where I was at the time where I discovered the podcast with you two. And then since I'm back in the normal rhythm, which is I'm here honoring my purpose, I'm trusting, I'm listening to where I'm meant to go. But every once in a while, and this is what I want to bring up to you, is I get some sort of feedback or a question and it kind of triggers something in me. And a friend of mine um, reached out to me one day and we were just talking about things that were happening. I was on my way to a retreat I was leading and she just stopped me out of nowhere and was like, okay, total other subject, but I'm just curious, like, how are you pleasing yourself? What men are in your life? And I got so triggered because I was just like, why does a man have to be in my life for me to have pleasure? And she was, you know, we had a whole little thing about it. And after it just kind of just continued to, to nag at me. Mm -hmm. So I sat with it and was doing all that. And we ended up having a really beautiful healing conversation with us too. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I've gotten to the point where I understand that I don't need another human to have pleasure. Of course, we can collaborate and have beautiful expanded pleasure and, and do that. But that was something that stuck with me and led me into deeper work. And I'm curious for you, someone that was just like, yeah, I got to the point where I realized 
I don't want to do this and I'm just going to be celibate. What was pleasure like for you and what was your relationship to pleasure in that time? Yeah. You know, um, I, it's, it's so interesting because some of my close friends along the way, because there were so many years of, uh, you know, of consecutive celibacy, uh, you know, some would joke and, and be like, you're for real a born again virgin. And I really was, you know, because I had gone through so many deep inner evolutions on a shamanic level and, 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 you know, been the Phoenix rising and reborn time and time again, that, you know, at a certain point in the celibacy, I, w- I was like, I, I, I am legitimate a born again virgin at this point. And uh, yet, you know, I think my theory is that, you know, we incarnate, right, encoded with our soul's purpose and calling and ancient wisdoms from so many different lifetimes. And we're just, we're filled with all of this illuminated um, frequencies and, and truths so that as we devote and commit to the, the spiritual path and commit to ascending and evolving and learning and awakening each and every day as much as we can, more and more of that encoding and frequencies and truth activate and turn on and light up. And um, I feel that one of the things, one of the little chips I must have gotten coded with, uh, you know, I didn't realize it on a conscious level, but looking back, it was just the ability somehow to be celibate for that long and, and not, you know, and be okay. I mean, I definitely self-pleasured on a very regular basis. Um, I actually never used any, uh, like actual tools or, or devices. It was just me, myself and I, but um, I just, that, that really sufficed. And I, I learned my body and there were so many spontaneous um, like energetic uh, shamanic womb healing processes that would come in. And I started reading um, uh, what's the Mary Magdalene book. Um, such a good one. I'll give it to you to put in the notes because yeah, it's, it um, it's really, it's a very, I, I recommend the book, but um, anyways, I, I somehow, you know, it's just a part of my path. And so I, I, I was able to, to remain fulfilled. And I mean, there were definitely times where it was hard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was definitely phases where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would really like a very specific kind of feeling and that's not possible um, if I'm going to remain celibate. But I just would always ride those waves and I just knew to hold the line and to like, unless it's in total whole full alignment with what I know I am worthy of, I will not settle. And so it just, I was so clear in that knowingness and in that conviction that the few dates I would go on, I'm just like, this is not, this is not a vibrational alignment. Like do not settle, even though your, your body might want to experience a certain sensation. And I'm so glad looking back so glad looking back that I held the line and held the line and held the line because it was so special then, um, you know, like I, Luke, Luke has shared about this, so I'm not sharing anything that, you know, that he hasn't already talked about, but he, you know, before me, he, he had ended his celibacy had not been as long as mine, but for me on my end, it was such a beautiful experience then when he and I had decided to be together as a couple, um, we still had not been physically intimate yet. And then for quite a while after that, we, we remained that way. But then when the time came to be physically intimate, it was so special because I'd been celibate for so long, you know, and then to be able to share and that um, with him in that way, I'm just so glad that I never settled and, and, and gave my sacred vessel to someone who was not going to be able to truly respect or honor or see me in the way I needed to be seen. That is beautiful. And that's exactly that whole conversation, that little nugget you just shared, it's exactly why I brought you on. Because I think there's just so many conversations. And I hear this from women too, um, you know, once I learned more about my womb, once I learned more about my energy, I started being really mindful of who was I going to let in? <laughs> who was I going to let share this space with me? And I had a year where I didn't have sex and it started off not like I'm going to go a year without sex, but I did it just from the sake of, you know what, I need to just clear my energy and I want to prepare myself for the next man that's in my life. It's going to be a relationship. But I had those physical like yearnings where I was just like, I want to have sex. Mm -hmm. And 
I gave in and it was with someone that I had like an on and off relationship with like the two years prior. And of course there's like, there's a, a level of love there, but it's not the love I desire. And there's, there's no future that compels me there. And when I gave in and I had the sex, it was like, I literally, cause I self pleasure and I'm, and I'm great at it. So I'm just like, if I'm going to have this kind of relationship with someone, I want it to be someone that is here. We're both in the container and we can continue to go deeper and deeper and it's energetic. So I just learned from that lesson. It was kind of like having a bad experience. And it wasn't horrible, but it was just like a, one of those clear moments where it's like, you're going to wait and you're going to just be in your own life container purpose. And when the right person's here and you know, it's time, you'll know. So that's yeah. where I've been. Yeah. And the last little thing I'll share because you sparked this in, in your last sharing right before but this one, it, it sparked the, the sovereign piece of this because for me, it was really um, looking back again in hindsight, of course, everything gets clearer and clearer, but uh, I really saw, you know, I, for me, for whatever reason, I really wanted to be in a place and in all major categories in life where I was a sovereign whole being and queen. And that included finances, right? And so when I look back, I can just see that I was really just preparing myself. I wanted to know that I was whole and I was independent and I was sovereign when it came to love and feeling unconditional love that I was whole and sovereign when it came to finances and my, and my financial wealth. I wanted to know that I was whole and sovereign um, when it comes to uh, career fulfillment and um, you know, owning my own brand and being an entrepreneur and a, and a, and a, you know, boss queen. And I wanted to know that I was whole and sovereign when it comes to just learning, knowing how I can have healthy boundaries and only allowing healthy relationships and friendships in my life. You see what I'm saying? So every single yeah. one of these main categories in life, it's like, I wanted to be an embodiment of sovereignty and each and every single one before I aligned and highest sacred divine partnership with my king. I wanted to know that I am in whole embodiment on my own. I am in whole embodiment on my own. Check, 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 check. And once I became that, it was literally right after, I mean, that all of that work took years and years, of course, but it was after I truly became a sovereign being. And the same with Luke. One of my friends had this vision of us, like both ascending this mountain and we both reached the top as sovereign beings. And that was the precise moment then that we came together and that's how it worked. I love that. Yes. And that's what it feels like for me is just like tending to what needs to be tended to. And it's not even a, like, I'm going to sit down and make a checklist. It's a more of a, I am also too, like, I will move across the country. I will quit things. I will start things. I just obey the call as they yeah. come. So it's just following that. And I've been trusting, but every once in a while I get a little messenger that pops in and they're like, so why this? So why that? And then I'm like, why is it? Is there something I'm missing? Am I not seeing something? Am I holding myself back? And that's why I just love that I found you and Luke as messengers. Um, as affirmation, I felt like. So anyway, I'm just so grateful. I celebrate your love and celebrate that for you and Luke, just after you shared your journeys and where you are now, it's just such a beautiful thing. And not, not only that, what's going to come out of you two coming together, sharing all of your gifts and your wisdom with the world. I'm sure there's going to be much magic that's birthed through that. Um, you know, you guys just have been together this year. So imagine what's going to be born in the years <laughs> to come. I'm excited to see. Um, but on that note, you have something special that's out, uh, Spirit School. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. It's so exciting. You know, throughout all the years, uh, being a public figure shaman, you know, I, I, you know, get the downloads to now I'm supposed to do this, 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 and, and the Spirit School is just uh, a way that I am being of service and an offering, honestly, that I am most proud of because I really felt into all the different shamanic journeys and rituals and processes that I myself um, devoted to that allowed me to 
experience life in the way that I do now. And so I put together this online course called Soul Reboot Spirit School where it's nine classes online where you can just go at your own pace and you forever have this library, this resource um, once you enroll. And then I personally guide you. It's a, it's a video course. And in each class, I take you on different guided shamanic journeys. And so if any of your audience has never been on one, um, it's through the medicine that I am and that works through me, um, which is only of unconditional love and light and the highest working with great mother earth and great spirit. And then I uh, use my shamanic drum and rattles and sometimes just in spoken guidance. I take the students into um, different realms and in each of these shamanic journeys where we go into different realms, there's a different theme and purpose that helps you heal and whole and, and essentially become what we've been talking about, this, this sovereign, um, powerful being that is aligned with your, your power and purpose. So there's a shamanic journey to meet your core power animal and to receive blessings and, and ask questions of them. There's a guided shamanic journey to access some of your past lives, to go back and do mm. that healing work, which really is a big game changer. There is a guided shamanic journey to do shadow work because as I've brought up, you cannot be an embodiment of your whole power if you ignore that step in the spiritual process. So in essence, it's nine classes with um, the most life-changing uh, shamanic journeys and processes that I personally experienced and uh, you know shared with thousands of others who whose lives have changed as well. So you just go to um, my website and uh, you can enroll. And the last little thing that I want to share that I'm, I'm actually very proud of is, you know, previous online courses that I did were, you know, upwards of almost $5,000. And this course is only $111. Oh and my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's like a no brainer. Yeah, it really is. Honestly, there's really no excuse, truly. I, I mean, I could have charged thousands for this because it's it's nine shamanic journeys. I mean, I poured yeah. every ounce of my heart and soul into it, but I came out with it, you know, when the world started to really change. And I thought, you know what, let me just make this as accessible for everyone who's, because so many people are waking up right now, as you know, and yes. you really need support on this journey um, because it's not for the faint of heart. And so this was the way that I could be most of service. So I hope to see your uh, listeners in there and, um, and to meet them in there. I love that. And one thing I'll just say on that note with what you're sharing is um, it's you're guiding them into them, which yes. is really powerful in these times because we need less of what's happening externally and more of what's what we need to learn from within. So I love that you're guiding them in. 111 is like a no-brainer done deal. So friends, if you're listening and if you're curious about the animal guides and all that, definitely check it out. And we'll drop those links in the show notes. Allison, it's been such a treasure to have you today and hear from you. And I'm just glad I got to know you more and um, look forward to watching when that book and the cards come out. I'm excited to get them. Yes, I will definitely send them your way. And thank you, sister, for having me. I also really enjoyed sharing this space with you. And thank you for all the beautiful, high energies and vibrations you bring into this planet, into so many people's lives. Thank you. All right, Miracle Worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical unbelievable supernatural transformation in your life and business just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change and that's exactly why i'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today you never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining keep showing up and stay open.